You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Valerie O'Mara. I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're giving out advice about attending book events, interviewing comics editor Chris Ryle, and trying to get to all the listener feedback you guys are sending, which is so much, and we really appreciate it. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I am reading uh, American War. By Omar El Aked. Aked. I uh, looked it up. I forgot how to say it already. I've heard um, that so good. It's really great. It is a dystopian. I'm so surprised. <laughs> a dystopian. Stop the presses. I'm reading a book about a dystopia. It's not that far in the future, though. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's only it's only about 70 years in the future, and it's a civil war that's taking place in America over fuel issues and it follows this girl who becomes this sort of mercenary for lack of a better word but it follows her from a very early time and basically how her life gets torn apart and you kind of these horrible things happen to her so you kind of like you understand what's going on with her it's really great it's very dark but it is really really well written it will really draw you in because you really love this girl and also all the politics that are happening today in America are really Uh, reflected anyway so there's a lot of things happening and as a person who grew up in East Texas there's this huge thing that takes place this huge all these battles that take place in East Texas so that was really interesting to me interesting what are you reading Mallory I am reading Hunger by Roxane Gay oh Uh, man yes it is amazing I mean I love her she I've I've read Bad Feminist I've read Difficult Women she is just incredible i went and got actually i'm glad we're doing this book events episode and i picked this book because i went to see her speak recently oh i bet she was amazing she was amazing this book is amazing it's trigger warning for basically everything it's really 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 difficult to read but it is incredible it's super she somehow manages to make something that is so difficult and and hard to read about really really compelling and you can't put it down uh, so normally we, a lot of times we go and look at a news story that's happening in the news right now. But Mallory, you have a little personal <laughs> news story that I wanted to bring up on this show to that involves you, a mover, and some personal shame. You want to share with the Yikes. listeners? Uh, so yeah, uh, so I am in the middle of a move right now. Uh, I'm moving to a bigger apartment that's not very far away from my current apartment. But I, um, as I've talked about on the show, I have a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so many books, in fact, that I got turned down by a mover who refused to mo- refused to let me pay him to move my books. This is not a random mover. This is a person who helped me move. <laughs> so you told him how many books you had. Yeah, it re- you know, it was we were all set to go until he found out about the books. He we had a we had a date scheduled. He had a he gave me a quote, and I even told him I, after he found out about the books, it's like I don't care how many trips, I'll pay you anything you want. It's totally fine. And he was like, nope. He's, he's like, no. <laughs> wait, but how many boxes of books do you have? like 50 to 60 boxes of books and what well especially the, once he found out they were books he was like oh no i can i can give you some other recommendations but we won't do that that's amazing so uh yeah i feel like i've reached a new low of book ownership <laughs> i don't I, look there's no shame here i know i said it involved shame but i feel like you shouldn't be ashamed people on this podcast would probably really appreciate that yeah well you know so i i tweeted it on my my Twitter account and people were like goals and I was like yeah I guess goals it'll be goals when I finally get them in my fucking apartment until then we may not so much I just I just I now know what your future death is you're just gonna be buried under a mountain of books and then my cats will eat me that's really the way that I'm gonna go and you know what goals hashtag goals I'm totally okay with that that's what I want 
So now we're going to take a quick moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, in our third episode, Readers in a Non-Reader World, we asked for some co-reading pictures, and you guys totally did not disappoint. You send in all kinds of photos with your significant others, your friends, your family, your pets. Uh, you can check out the hashtag reading in the real world to see them. We got some cool emails, people reading to their babies, good baby pictures. Yeah, and also, we, I mean, on that show, we readily admitted that we do not know, Don't we could not children. answer the question about reading with kids but we got some great tips. People wrote in and told us. So what are some of the tips, Mallory? Uh, well, Sharon Monroe emailed us this great tip when she said that she gives her kids a book to uh, on their commute to school or camp. And they have a book box in the back seat so they can choose a different book for the ride home, which is awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Megan Rosenblum said, reminded us that when they're little, the content doesn't matter so much. So they're just listening for how the language is formed. So you can read whatever you want. And she, one of the things that she's reading, she had read to her kids was Under the Big Black Sun, a personal history of LA punk. So Megan Rosenblum, you get a high five from us. <laughs> Super cool. And, and a lot of people wrote in and told us a lot, a lot of things. We don't have time to go over all of the emails because we got so many emails about it. But a lot of people said this was their bedtime ritual with their kids, right? Yes. So people would go and read with their kids at night before the kids go to bed it was a way to hang out with the kids introduce them to reading i think it's great that was my bedtime ritual with my parents as well that's awesome um yeah casey reed suggested switching to audiobooks for parents because you know you you don't you need your hands free you'll have less time larissa suggested she has a daily ritual where she call that she calls mommy's story time which is, <laughs> I love it. which is adorable and every morning when she gets to have has her coffee she gets to read a few pages of her book guilt free and she's role modeling positive behavior for her kid which is awesome i think that's great you should you should have mommy's story time why not and one last thing we want to shout out one of our amazing fans created a Goodreads fan page. Oh yeah, totally. I saw that. For us. So if you guys are Goodreads members, which if you're anything like us, you totally are, go on Goodreads, go into groups and search reading glasses and you can join the fan page over there and check it out and participate in some cool book talk. Can I make a confession about my Goodreads? Yes. I don't write reviews on there. I just do stars. And as you know, I, I, you know this, not everyone knows this. I only give five stars, and if it doesn't give five stars, I don't put it on there. Because you're a saint. Well, I just don't, I, I feel guilty about it, giving it like two stars or something. Like, I don't want to ruin that author's career. So I just give it five stars, or it's not on there. But I give a lot of things five stars. I like a lot of books. Same. We want to hear your feedback, so you can email it to us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or tweet it at us at readinggpodcast on Twitter. So before we give you tips and tricks on attending book events, we're going to take a quick break. Hello, Amita Patel. Hello, Sean David Johnson. What's going on? I think a friend of mine may have chronic pop culture deficiency syndrome. Oh, no. PCDS? What are the symptoms? Well, she doesn't know Wakanda from Westeros. Shameful. And she keeps confusing Aziz Ansari and Riz Ahmed. Oh, my gosh. So sad. Kind of racist, too. But what did you tell her to do? I told her to listen to our podcast, Inside Pop, of course. Fantastic idea. A weekly dose of Inside Pop will help anyone discover the best in TV, film, and music. Suffer from PCDS no more. Inside Pop has you covered every Wednesday on Max Fun. So this week, we're talking book events, author talks, 
panels, signings, book festivals, Comic-Cons. Whoa. Lions, tigers, <laughs> bears. Oh, my. There's a lot of different book events that can be kind of overwhelming. They can be kind of confusing. I mean, they're a great way to see authors that you love and meet other book people and feel like a normal person. But, again, it can be pretty confusing. How expensive can it get? How long do you have to wait in line? What if you embarrass yourself in front of your favorite author and have to jump into a well? As readers and writers who have been on both sides of the signing table, we're here to give you some tips on all the different types of book events and help you get the most out of them. Are you ready for my fact? I am so ready. Okay. The biggest book fair in the world, it's the Frankfurt Book Fair. Ooh. It's a 500-year-old book fair, which is very old, if you think about it. That's amazing. It's in Germany. It has 7,300 exhibitors from 100 countries. Damn. From Albania to Zimbabwe. Notice how they did from A to Z. That's um, awesome. It's around 300,000 visitors attend this event, Holy and over 10,000 journalists cover it. I gotta go. That sounds amazing. Go. First up, Author talks and signings. What does that mean when an author is doing a talk at your library, your local independent bookstore, your Barnes & Noble? You know, the author is normally on book tour. They've just released a book and they're going to come and do maybe a half hour to two hour long talk. They're probably going to be answering questions. They're probably going to be reading from, from their book. Most of these are free. And I really recommend going to them if you love an author. Heads up, though, sometimes you've got to buy the book as admission to the talks. But It'll be listed on the website of the library or the website of the bookstore ahead of time, so you won't be surprised. Just check beforehand. Um, also, if you want to get something signed, check to see the rules. Sometimes there'll be a maximum. You could only get two things signed. Sometimes there isn't. And also, heads up, if an author is wicked famous, the event might be ticketed. You might have to wait in line. If you don't want to wait, sometimes the event's going to be live streamed, so you can watch oh. it from home. Some people are bookstores and libraries are getting really good so just if you want if you see a, a talk that you want to go to my advice is to check beforehand to see what the, what what's going on with all of it hey what do you do if you already own the book and you have to buy the book for admission suffer really you just buy another copy you have to buy another copy can you buy another one of their books no Oh, wow. A lot of a lot of a lot of these events, you have to buy the author's, the author's new book, I, okay. and that's why. And I've been in that situation before. I went to go see Mark Frost throughout the Secret History of Twin Peaks last year. Mm -hmm. Shocker! I know that I would go to that. I can't believe you made it there. I got there three did hours you, early. Did you camp the night before? I was the first person in line. <laughs> ah, of course, no you were. joke. But I didn't. I didn't. So I didn't realize when I got there that I had to buy the buy it. And uh, so I gave it to a friend of mine. But you know, it was it's expensive, and, and I wish I had known that ahead of time. So ch just check it out. I have gone to a ton of author talks. I always find they're worth going to if I love the author. Um, mostly just for the talks. I don't really care about readings because my thing with readings is it's, it's going to be bad either way because either you've already read the book so you already know what's happening or you haven't read the book and it's totally and really confused. <laughs> But just hearing the author talk and answer questions is amazing. Um, Melissa Phoebos, which is one of my favorite nonfiction writers, she went on book tour for her book Abandon Me, which is one of my favorite books of the year so far. And her talk was just stunning. It was amazing. I took notes. My tip is for all this stuff is to check the website beforehand, get there early, and bring a bottle of water if you have to wait in line. I bring a bottle of water everywhere I go. Same. Um, so I actually looked up some information about book author tours, but they're becoming less and less common. Uh, a lot of publishers won't send authors on book tours as much as they used to. Now you're pretty lucky if you get to go on a book tour. I'd actually love to hear if we have an author 
uh, listening to us who's been on a book tour, what that is like. That would be really interesting to me because things have changed so much in the last few years. There just is less money and less push towards it, I guess. Mm. So one thing you can do, which I um, looked up how to do this, but you can become a book escort. So you can sign up basically to take an author around town, show them things, escort them to their signing, That's escort so cool. them to their hotel. So a way you could get involved with your favorite author could be to become a book escort. It sounds sexier than it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> book escort seems like something that I would do if I really needed some money. <laughs> <laughs> it also sounds like you're taking a book around, like you're having dinner across from I mean, from that's a book. my life, basically. You go there, have one, like, string of spaghetti between you. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone please draw me having a lady in a tramp moment <laughs> with a, with a book? That is my ultimate. That's my that is my kink right there. That's hilarious. Um. Anyway, it's a good way to uh to actually get to meet your au- favorite authors and be involved in the bookish community. So, Bria, both of us as writers, filmmakers, we've both d- done signings. You do a lot more than I do. Can you offer some etiquette tips for people who are maybe getting something signed for the first time and they're meeting their favorite author and they're a little nervous and they don't want to be creepy? Yeah, for sure. My biggest pet peeve is um, when people take the time to tell you what they don't like about your work. Yeah. Someone why? did that to me this morning why? on Twitter. Why? They, why are, okay. Why I be want- a hateful, why be a, bring all, a hateful person? Give five stars on Goodreads and move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is all, specifically in person, if you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work you're a trash baby I, look i understand you didn't like hero season three that's fine i like <laughs> i don't actually need to know that information and it doesn't <laughs> a, it doesn't make me feel better it does not make me like you more it makes me want to avoid you from now on and never speak with you again i mean it's very much the bambi rule if you can't say something nice don't say something at all yep so, so you know when you're going to these when you're going to these talks keep some etiquette in mind so the next level up from talks is panels which yeah. is basically when you see a some someone advertising a panel again it could be at a bookstore it could be at a, a local auditorium it could be at a library and that's going to be a most likely moderated talk with several authors usually they're all from the same sort of genre or they write the same sort of thing and they get together and they're talking about one particular subject and they can be really really fun if you're into the topic or if you love one or some of the speakers and the same rules apply they usually can be free sometimes they might be ticketed just check online ahead of time or call the bookstore just to see if there's any rules because you don't want to be if you really really want to see an author and you get there and you didn't realize that you needed to get a ticket you're going to be out of luck so Mallory do you have any tips for this etiquette tips for the panels I have yes my etiquette tip for this one and I have a few but this is the most important and I do a I do panels all the time I really like doing panels I like talking about things surprise I'm doing a podcast right now talking to you uh my, but my biggest pet peeve when I do panels is when somebody in the audience, because normally when there's panels, they're normally an hour long and the last 10, 15 minutes are reserved for audience questions. And nothing makes me want to punch a hole in a wall than someone, some guy who gets who raises his hand and he stands up and his question is not a question. It's just two minutes of him giving his opinion about what the about the, what the talk was about totally 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 I, I hate this so much i want to throw this man because it's always a guy <laughs> i want to throw him into a volcano Wait, you're talking about when someone's like doing a recap 
Or no, they're, they're just, just giving their own opinion. Oh, yeah. They're like, if I was on this panel, here's what I would say. This is what I think. <laughs> Newsflash, bro. Okay. Nobody. I, okay. I'm glad that you have this opinion. But this is for questions. The uh, people in the audience are not here to hear you speak. Totally. Okay? It is for questions only. That drives me insane. If I am moderating the panel, I'm going to cut you the fuck off. <laughs> I also, by the way, this is similar for me. I go to a lot. I go to a lot of panels at comic conventions. I I try to avoid doing panels because they make me nervous. But in a similar way, I feel like people get up and they just say, I really like your work. Okay, cool. But now you've just just wasted time of the people who actually have questions. Yeah, I think there's some good questions. Look, have a good question. Come up with an intelligent question. Like, we, the people on the panel actually want it because they are dying to talk about things. Like, they're there to talk. Seriously. I love your book or a recap of what has been happening is not important. Yeah, you know, and just make it about the work. Just be polite. Be cognizant. Don't be, don't be selfish with everyone else's time. Third up we have is book festivals. You can talk about book festivals because so here's the thing. Talk about book festivals. How about this? How about this in this section? You pitch me on why I should go to a book festival. I am ready. Because I, I, I don't was go. Born for this. I don't go. Okay, so book festivals can be a little bit different. And there's the ones that I normally like to go to. They're specific to a city, and they're normally several days long. They're normally outdoors, and they're well a festival of books. So there's and most of them have a lot of different author talks. There's going to be signings, panels. But the cool thing is there's going to be booths. It's like Comic-Con, but for books, okay? Okay. There's booths from all different publishers. There's booths from different bookstores. There's booths from different book swag companies, Mm -hmm. like t-shirts and tote bags and all kinds of, like, bookish merch. And... I most, do like a tote bag. See? Eh, eh. And then most, sometimes they're free. They're usually free. Sometimes they're costly. They, they can d- differ pretty vastly. But the ones that, like the Brooklyn Book Fair, the LA Festival of Books, these are all free and they're fucking great. I love them so much. The city-specific ones, as I've been talking about, I think they're the best because you, you get to all in one place, see a ton of great authors, shop for a bunch of cool book stuff and you get to if you're really really friendly like i am you get to see some other book people the only downside is it's like any big event there's a lot of walking around so you got to pack comfortable shoes water snacks because the food trucks can get really expensive there and if they're outside and it's sunny and you're in southern california like we are you got to have a lot of sunblock but mine sounds really tiring mallory i'm not sold on this yet (laughs) the free part is the only part i like and also the tote bags Tell me what else I would want there. Well, again, it's like, like I would say, it's like a Comic-Con, but for books. So for one day, you get to see a bunch of great authors. You get to see, get your stuff signed. Sometimes conventions will have specific special things that are just being released at like books or comics oh, sure. or totes that are just for the Festival of Books. The okay. LA Festival of Books has great merch. Uh, but my suggestion is what you would do, like I've suggested for all these things, look up ahead of time. The LA Festival of Books, um, which I went to in april and i go to every year it has an app that you can download that you can look up all the all the signings that you want to go to and it will put them in a little schedule for you so you can see so what i did is i picked one day that we wanted to go this year me and my boyfriend both picked all the panels that we wanted to go to and we scheduled them so they didn't overlap and in between the panels that we wanted to see we went book shopping and we got some cool t-shirts and we got some cool books and it's a really good day okay i like that like a sort of like I like organizing things in an app. That sounds exciting. And that, but, that alone would kind of would kind of convince me. My suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day. Okay, because it is a lot a lot of walking around. You get real sleepy. You get real hot. You yeah, get, but you get that. You get your your steps in. You get you all get, your steps. Yeah, in. but you're also carrying. If you're me, you're carrying around a bunch of books that you just bought. So I just 
do one day, see, pick the day that has the authors that you really want to see. I got to, this year, I got to see Roxane Gay speak for oh, free wow. in conversation with Alexander Chi. Oh, uh, we got to see Rebecca Solnit and Lindy West talk about, on a panel about feminism and literature. Wow. It was just like, all right. All right. That's it pretty was, impressive. It was fantastic. So see if your city and town has a book festival. Even if you don't have a city or town specific one, maybe one comes near you. I totally recommend them. They're a great place to get a bunch of author talks in it at one, in one day instead mm-hmm. of like you know piecemeal when they're all on book tours it's it's a cool way to like do a bunch of book stuff at once i'm sold i'm going <laughs> i'll be there i'll see all of you there now i want you to pitch me on okay. comic con oh okay i, I mean both of, well, the thing is i go to a lot of comic cons as a speaker i don't go to comic cons as uh i don't go to them as a fan so oh, yeah. i want you to tell me why i should go as a fan oh i go as a fan i really like going to comic cons so at this point the comic convention world people know is not just about comics but there are a lot of comics there but there's a lot of um, artists that you haven't heard of who are usually in a place called Artist Alley. Most uh, comic places, comic conventions have an Artist Alley where they have independent artists making their own stuff who have cool art that you can buy. My house is full of art from art, various artists' alleys. Um, and then there's also a lot of a lot of totes, a lot of things that you can like Love put in your totes. hair, you know, maybe some things that make you smell good. I don't know. All sorts of like weird stuff merch. that have, yeah, merch. Things that have to do with the comic world, nerd culture, but aren't necessarily comics. But then there's a ton of comics and I love going to the panels because I feel like I get to see people that I read their comic books or that I'm interested in talk about interesting things. Same idea. And look, San Diego Comic-Con obviously is the biggest and whatever and it's great. Um, I do enjoy it and we, Chris Ryle is going to talk about it in a second but there's a lot of really small comic conventions all across the United States and the world that are really amazing. I personally love Emerald City Comic-Con. Oh, I love that one. I love WonderCon. Um, I love actually like New York Comic Con. It's more accessible than you would actually think. It's it's yeah. smaller than you think it's going to be, and, and it has an anime expo alongside of it. If you're into anime, so I just I like the world. Look, I like books, but I do love the comic world. And there's a lot of weird comic things that I want to purchase. And if they have some sort of weird bobblehead, some character that I like, I kind of do want to go check that out. I don't purchase a ton of stuff, but I do give myself a budget. That's my key for Comic-Cons. I give myself a very small budget, and I uh, make myself stick to said budget. Usually, I just bring that much cash, like 50 bucks, you know, and that's all I'm going to spend. So... The, the cool thing about Comic-Cons is even if you're not into comics, you should check out your local Comic-Con anyway because there's going to be people there who are filmmakers. It's going to be authors there. I know San Diego Comic-Con and, and a lot of the big Comic-Cons like Emerald City, New York, Phoenix Con, uh, Phoenix Comic-Con, um, Dragon Con in Atlanta. They have a good author track. They have video game people there. They have all kinds of different – so if you're a nerd about basically anything – Check out your local con and see if who's going to be there. Uh, so also, we just want to throw in that if you have never been to a Comic-Con before, if you're a little nervous, if you think you're going to stand out, if you're like a little freaked out because you think cons are just going to be a bunch of old dudes, fear not. Most cons now have something called an anti-harassment policy. So if you are safer, cons are safer. They are more set up to make sure that everyone is having a good time and is feeling welcome and it is accessible. So don't avoid a con if you feel like you won't belong. So send us your book events, questions, and tips at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. To help you navigate Comic-Cons, especially San Diego Comic-Con, which is the biggest one in the country, we're bringing on an editor over at IDW Comics, Chris Ryle. But before we talk to Chris, we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) 
How many times has this happened to you? Oh man, if only I knew whether it was better to be too hot or too cold or who the best James Bond was, that girl would have gone out with me. Now you can with We Got This With Mark and Hal, the podcast from MaximumFun.org every Tuesday. Hey, Lois, it's Joey. The best James Bond was Daniel Craig and it's better to be too cold than too hot. Thanks, We Got This With Mark and Hal. Only on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get fine podcasts. So we're here right now with Chris Ryle, our book professional this week, who is over at IDW Publishing, uh, where you guys do comics and books and all sorts of things. How are you, Chris? Doing great. Good to talk to you guys. And I'm sure you're very stressed out because Comic-Con is on its way, moving forward, coming towards you very quickly. Yeah, when I say I'm doing great, I mean I'm miserable and stressed (laughs) out and not sleeping at all because the last month lead up to Comic-Con is always just, just insane. Yeah. So tell us about like from the other side of things, not as a person visiting, like what, what's going on? What are you doing to prepare? A lot of it is the scramble to figure out all of our big announcements. Like we, you always go into it with a list. Like here's what we think we're going to talk about on panels or press announcements. And then things change or contracts don't get signed or other stuff does get signed. Or there's just, there's a constant shuffle right up until the day before. Sometimes we're tweaking panel stuff, you know, an hour ahead of the panel um, and that, so that's kind of the main detail at this point, but then there's everything else, nailing down booth graphics, nailing down guests, nailing down, like everybody the last month before the con goes, Oh my God, Comic-Con's approaching. And they start hitting you up for passes and for hotels or for all these things that are impossible to provide a month before the show. But, uh, so it just becomes a constant onslaught of details and needs and wants and begging and pleading and all of those things. I have to say, I am guilty of that last thing hitting you up at the last minute. I feel like I do it the day before that I need a pass. Yeah, you've got, you got like 29 days before you have to start worrying about it. <laughs> so, Chris, you are a veteran of Comic-Con. What tips could you give to our listeners if they're going to Comic-Con, they're readers, they're totally overwhelmed, there's you know artists and writers that they love there, they don't even know where to start? Well, it's funny because uh, the Comic-Con, I, you can tell Comic-Con has some good sponsorship money behind them this year because instead of just sending badges out to people, we got, you know, the professionals all got these little boxes that have your badge and a pin and they have a little booklet in there that has the must list for people attending cons. Wow. So I thought that was kind of a good way to start was looking at what the con recommends you bring and then, you know, kind of approaching it on as far as what people should do to meet people that they're there to see and how to prioritize schedules. But so just quickly running down what the con recommends is, you know, photo ID, of course. Uh They want you to have your badge, a lanyard, comfortable shoes, credit cards, all those things, you know, make perfect sense. Um, Souvenir bag, water bottle, food, sunscreen, which you don't really need sunscreen when you're trapped inside inside the building all day. But I guess if you're in line outside, it's not a terrible idea. I guess depends um, on how far away you're parked. That would, uh, you know, you could park really far away. Yeah, and I mean, half the people there are fully covered head to toe in costumes, so I don't know <laughs> that you need sunscreen if you're dressed as Chewbacca. But <laughs> right, right, right. If you have like five layers of makeup on, yeah. I think you're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah, um, and then they recommend you know the phone charger. So all those things are smart sort of survival items that you need. As far as prioritizing authors and signings and panels, like there's stuff going on all the time, and typically they all overlap. Like. You might want to meet Joss Whedon and Edgar Wright and see the panel on the new Black Panther movie and all this stuff that always seems to happen all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people like, 
Never mind the nonsense of what you think is going to be worth money, you know, getting a signature that you think might be eBayable. Kind of prioritize by what's the thing that a year from now, when you're telling people about it, or, or when you're just remembering your experience, what's going to mean the most to you? You know, pick the thing that you really like. Instead of waiting two hours in line to get the new pop figure that you think has value that week, and then two weeks later is completely devalued, just go to the person or the panel or the thing that is a thing that you're really passionate about. You know, so never mind the economics of it all. It's just something when you pull out that book on your bookshelf five years from now and you see that, oh man, it's signed by this person. Like, if that means a lot to you, then that's the one you should really try to do. Don't don't try to just chase the things that, you know, are currently the big, cool pop culture thing that you think you can throw up on Instagram, but pick the stuff that you, is going to really have relevance to you later on. And a lot of times that's not, you know, the biggest movie or the biggest author that's there. It's something that you care about, you know, or that you've cared about for years. So I, I say kind of pick by your passion more than your wallet or your, your, you know, your impulse or what your friends are doing. I think that's great. It's actually, that's good life advice, man. Yeah, Cause seriously. I feel like, you know, in the, in this day and age, uh, everything is Instagrammable. Like you have to go do the most popular thing, but instead, if you kind of go with what your heart wants, it's way better. Well, and everything at convention now are an exclusive, like there's an exclusive this or that at every single booth. And that used to mean you buy this thing for 40 bucks and you sell it for 300 bucks. Now you buy it for 40 and you hopefully sell it for 30. So buying stuff for an investment at conventions is kind of folly and buying mm-hmm. stuff that you really like or that means something to you is, it just means that much more. And a lot of times, you know, go pick through old comics that you read as a kid or go find an author that's maybe not broken out yet, but that you can get in front of and talk to for more than 30 seconds. And that's the kind of stuff that leaves a lasting mark way more than waiting in line to buy that cool new thing. So Comic-Con is also very rich in my two favorite words combined, which is free books. Free books. A lot and of free books. very overwhelming. If you were me, you know, it's just like being the, you know, Augustus Gloop and Willy Wonka's factory. It's just like <laughs> free, free books everywhere. <laughs> what do you, what can you tell readers and, and Comic-Con attendees? Like, should they take everything? Like, what should they prioritize? There's all kinds of free comics and free books and promotional things. What should they be taking? Well, using the Augustus Gloop example far longer than I should um you can easily <laughs> fall into the chocolate river of free shit and so I'd say you know they, they give away these giant bags at the con and so your tendency is well I got bag space I can fill this thing and then an hour no, like, later like, you, I don't know if you understand the size of these bags they I can be I can personally fit in one of these bags. <laughs> you can crazy. you can pack about three <laughs> normal size bodies in these bags yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy and so your tendency is to like keep filling because you have space, you know, you sort of revert back to Halloween where you're like, I can fit more candy in this pillowcase, but (laughs) it's, you start to devalue free a lot too. So then you get home and you have this giant bag, just like Halloween, you have this giant bag of stuff to pick through. And suddenly a lot of it are, you know, it's the crappy candy you would never eat, but you took it because it was free. Yeah. Yeah. So I I try to steer people away from taking everything that's free because Everybody's shoving something into your hand. Yeah. Um, so I don't know the novels and the stuff like that that promo authors and things are really cool, or or the uh, you know comics for people that are just getting started. You know to take a look and see what people are doing. You know that maybe aren't fully published yet. I think that stuff's really fun. But taking every single free thing really just starts to get you to to devalue it overall. And you get home and then have this bag of stuff that's too big to sort through. So you end up tossing the cool stuff with you know the the chaff with the wheat or vice versa right right 
All right. So Chris, you're, you, um, I feel like this is a great question for you. I want to talk about etiquette when it comes to like meeting your favorite author or meeting people you like, like as a fan coming in, what can people do to like not be assholes or to, <laughs> like, or creeps? You like to be not creepy. What can we do when we're meeting our favorite authors? We're a huge fan of, you know, Joss Whedon or, or just like a regular, just an author, any author, like what can we do to be less creepy? Um, wipe your hands on your pants before you shake somebody's hand. Cause <laughs> From, I mean, sweat? yeah, there's, there's times you feel like you're going to grow a loaf of bread in your hand. Like after you shake oh. somebody's hand, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of moisture and, you know, so, and, and you're sweating, there's nerves, there's all these things that, you know, that that's never a terrible thing to, to give a little wipe, but otherwise <laughs> I'd say don't, don't linger. Um, and I know the tendency is to want to linger because you, you know, you get in front of Berkeley breath at this person you've read for 30 years and you Probably. love a stuff and you want to make that personal connection of telling him why his trips resonate and why what he's done matters so much to you and that you named your kid, you know, Opus or something. But it's really hard for that creator to take in what you're saying because there's a long line and there's just a lot going on. And so you don't maybe get the connection that you're looking for if you stay there too long. And then it gets awkward for both sides and you don't know how to how to leave. So I'd say less time instead of more time is always better. Sure. There's always somebody who lingers beyond where you're like, okay, I feel like we've exhausted everything we had to say to one another. Like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. I just I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, and I get it. Like it's hard. It's when you get in front of somebody you really like, you wanna you wanna tell them that, you know, that you're a hardcore fan. You like them because of this and this and you know, just mention the thing and then get your signature, your picture and then and then move on. And I think that makes for a better experience for everybody. By the way, I can't believe the Comic Con didn't include hand sanitizer in there. I was gonna say where are the com- where are the Spider Man hand wipes? Like you gotta have hand sanitizer in that in that neat in that bag yeah see they're they're not they're only thinking of uh you know you spend the money bring your wallet bring your checkbook bring your credit card like you know bring hand sanitizer what about being sanitized yeah cleanliness i don't leave the house without it so chris after the madness of comic-con do you like to read and de-stress are there any books that you're super pumped about that you save that you just can't wait to relax with it's funny, I have, you know, like every reader, I have the giant stack that just seems to only grow. And for every one you read, you know, you add five more. <laughs> um, so I'm always trying to get through that, get through the new stuff. But yeah, whenever I, I need to sort of remind myself why I like books and comics and, and the things that mattered to me before all the stressful work got in the way, I'll, I'll sort of go back and revisit the things that I love. So like uh, The Shadow of the Wind, Carlos uh, Zefan's book is you know, it's almost a love letter to reading and to books and stuff. And it's, it's a book I just adore. And it's one I revisit a lot. Um, Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles is probably the first prose book that I ever loved. You know, I read that, I think I bought it like in a scholastic book fair in like fifth grade. And I've read it probably more times than any other book. It's so and good. It, it's still, yeah, I just, I fall in love with language and writing and reading and all of that all over again, every time I read it. So things like that. Um, I love to read A Confederacy of Dunces. You know, I've read that a bunch of times because that's one that always makes me happy. And there's an author named Glenn David Gold who wrote a book called Carter Beats the Devil that's just, it's one of the best books I've read in the last 15 years. Like it's it's just, it's about magic and history. And it's just, it's really a magical story in the way he tells it. I, so stuff like that, I'll go back and revisit. And also old comics. You know, I love to uh, read comics that that I liked before I started working in comics. Because again, it's, it's that reminder of those halcyon days of 
liking stuff just for the, the sole sake of liking it <laughs> yeah. and not not because you know it's your job right totally yeah that's you gotta remember what makes you what drew you to it in the first place yeah and i'd also i also would put stephen king's on writing in that oh, yeah uh, i agree that's that, I book. Because of that yeah. I right it's just a book that works for people who just love to read who also are writers like it it just it works for everybody i think it's a really good story Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. If people want to find you on the internet or look up IDW, where should they go look up all this stuff? Um, I'm on all the different sites at Chris underscore Ryle, R-Y-A-L-L, and then IDW is out there in the same way. And then, you know, anybody who come to Comic-Con, I'd encourage you to grab your hand sanitizer, um, <laughs> wipe, wipe on your pants, and then come, come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for chatting. All right. Great talking to you. We're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of this week's hashtag. And this week is hashtag book events. We want to see a photo of you with your favorite author. We want to see a photo of a signed book that you got at a book event or a picture that you took of yourself at a book event. Or like one of those like real far away photos of a panel where yes. they just look really far away. Everyone's blurry and you can't see anybody's faces. Yeah, send faces. that to us. Send yes, <laughs> send them all. <laughs> hey, if you like the show, please take a moment to review and rate it on iTunes. It really helps us uh, reach more readers. And it makes us really happy. Oh, it makes us so super happy and we appreciate all your reviews and the nice things you're saying about us. It really helps us. Listeners can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglasses. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.